Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Wednesday morning. Glad you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Joel T. I know has been keeping the, the Churn and Spoon flowing throughout this uh, these past few weeks. This week... I feel like we're going to need more coffee than ever. I, I'm telling you right now, I feel like something's going to happen. Yeah, you had that mixed up, by the way. Strange Brew. I've kept the Strange Brew flow. What did I say? Churning Spoon. Well, that's what you should be doing. I, I knew that's... It's you should go get some ice cream. The problem there is you always have ice cream on the brain, and so you just what assume you trying to say? That, that I, huh? too... I, huh? See, that I'm fat? Huh? I just... You love your sweets. I do love sweets. <laughs> I, I had a donut this morning for breakfast. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. I like churning spoon ice cream. Nothing wrong it's with the that. best in town. Why would I not enjoy it? And, and I love Stranger Coffee because it's the best in town. It's the best in town. So why not best in the state? And you know what they say: if you can meet two of man's needs at one door, he will beat a path to you. And that's what's going on. So go to Highway 12, go to University Drive, head over to Strange Brew, head over to Churn and Spoon. Of course, they're over in Tupelo at Brupolo. College Corner, man. I, I, I'm starting to look around at what I'm going to be doing for the holiday season, and you know, I've got a lot of MSU fans in my life. I gotta find them some good stuff. College Corner is the place to do that. CollegeCornerStore.com is where you shop online, or you can visit one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, they're in Flowood by the Half Shell, and they've got everything a Mississippi State fan could possibly want to make it a maroon and white Christmas. Let Bully Santa, Santa Bully, Santa Bully, Santa Bully, come on down the chimney tonight. Yes. Joel, we're still working on our Christmas album, A Very Thunder and Lightning Christmas. We've talked about that last we're on year. We're a couple years now. It's been working for it for a while now. Any day now, though, you'll be able to hear Joel and I singing all of your holiday favorites. And we'll maybe, maybe we can get College Corner to do a distributing deal for us. You know, spend $1, get a free CD. <laughs> That's about what they're going to be worth. <laughs> so, yeah, this holiday season, hit up College Corner for all your MSU merchandise. Nearing the end of the fiscal year, looking ahead to next year, thinking about how you can upgrade your office technology, that's where Advantage Business Systems is going to come in for you. You need to call them today and put together a plan to make your office, bring it in to the year 2021, which is just around the corner. Thank you, Lord. So call them today at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out how they can put 45 years of experience to work for you. Find out how Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Joel T, it's time for the rumbling, my friend. We had a lot of questions today. We did. We did. I mean, when you're as smart as you and I, who would not want a piece of that wisdom? Okay. I'll I think just, it's the other way around. I think it's just like, well, let's see what kind of a train see. wreck <laughs> yeah. this is going to be. You know? Let's see. see how stupid we can make it <laughs> look today. Let's ask them the most basic nominal question ever <laughs> and see what kind of dumbass response these guys come up with. Hey, it's a family show. The rumbling is a family show. Did you ever watch uh, that 70s show? 
Red Foreman was a father. He said that word all the time. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, we got a lot of questions. They are brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I got to go hit them up this uh, this this week. I still I didn't do the Mexican thing I wanted to do last week with the tacos yeah. and the smoke case. So you I tried the brisket mac and cheese yet? I still haven't. What are you waiting on? I, I, next time I see it available, I'm going to go. I get want one. some of that brisket chili. I hadn't got any of that yet, and I keep. This is what we're talking about, stuff. though. They've got. There's just no level of preparation that Welcome Home Beef can't accommodate. If you want to cook everything yourself, they've got you. If you want to buy some, you know, meals to take home and heat up, they've got you. If you just want to buy something off the food truck, ready to go. They have got you. What more? This is a one-stop shop for all your beef needs. Maybe if they need a secondary slogan, it could be, we've got you. I I'm mean, just saying. And when they've got you. It just tastes good. So call them today at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. All right. Justin Strawn, first questions. I mean, he, he sent, Normally, when I sent the tweet... Before I got out of the chair, I mean... He's I, recuperating, I the, though. Yeah, I, I sent the tweet after we recorded mm-hmm. some of yesterday's show. Mm-hmm. And before I removed myself from the Super Talk Studios, Justin Strong had tweeted questions. Yeah. So. He's got nothing else to do right now. So, hope he's doing, hope you're doing well, Justin. Hope you're getting better. Uh, what we got here? You discussed this a little bit on Sunday's show, but in five to ten years, what is Kylan Hill's legacy at Mississippi State? Depends on who you ask. I think there's something to that. I think for half the... And some of it will depend on how successful he is in the NFL, too. I agree with that, too. I mean, if he's if he's a star in the NFL and every Sunday, you know, he's on Sunday night football or something and he's saying from Mississippi State University, Columbus, Mississippi, whatever, but he throws that in there. I mean, people are going to tend to uh, want to claim him a little more. And then there's a, a large segment of the fan base that's always going to be appreciative for what he did anyway, regardless of what he does. Yeah. I mean, it just – he's going to be a, a very polarizing guy – when it comes to his legacy at Mississippi State, probably forever. Uh, I agree. I agree. And the thing with, that gets Kylan is, is there really a moment that you can sort of cling to for him? You know, you know, like somebody like no. Nick Fitzgerald has a bit of a of a odd legacy. I mean, there were people who just didn't like him. But at the end of the day, you can always remember him running wild on Ole Miss, right? Kylan doesn't really have that. Um, he had some good games. Don't get me yeah. wrong, but at Kansas State yeah. last year, uh, the LSU game this year, even I mean, he had a yeah. won a great game. He had a, the big catch. Yeah, yeah. No, thing. no, no. I mean, there's there's By a the few way, plays. Do we ever think about that? Like that's his last touchdown at Mississippi State. Yeah, didn't that, have a rushing touchdown at all this year. Ridiculous catch and run. Yeah. So I think his. I think at the end of the day, if for some reason they decide to welcome back the 2018 team in 2038. Uh, that Kylan Hill would be get yeah. a warm would get a warm reception. You know what I think of when I think of Kylan Hill? What's that? And part of this is is your fault, Dalton Lee. I think you got a question kind of coming up. Yeah, the hurdle this. tracker. The hurdles. That's yeah. what I think of with Kylan. I'm with I'm with you on that. Uh, let's see another one from uh, from Justin Strawn. Um, is this the most miserable the MSU fan base has been after a win? It's up there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, there was no social media or anything. But like, I remember message boards like after State beat Troy in 2002. And you're just like, oh, God, this is awful. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know. But this this is up there. It's a, it's in the top five. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that we have a, you know, Justin, y- you got a fan here asking us this. Um. You know, some folks, and I think by and large, a lot of folks kind of see things like you and I have. But 
you know, some folks have been kind of critical of the ones that have said that feels like a loss even yeah. after a win thing because hey it's a win kind of thing and state was you know down a bunch of players kind of like i mean everybody's free to their own opinion I, I will never be one to sit here on the podcast and tell you what you should think but what joel thinks is i don't know how you can watch what you watched on saturday against literally the worst team in the sec and one of the worst teams in the country and yeah you were down some guys uh but Vandy was down a bunch of guys too, and it's as we looked yesterday at the participation chart. It's not like you played a lot less guys than you would have played anyway, and you still about lost one of the worst teams in the country. Yeah. So and and statistically, you kind of got manhandled a little bit. And so anyway, I, I don't know how anybody could watch what you watched on Saturday and be optimistic about that. But and that's coming from a sunshine pumper, really. So, but anyway, to each his own. Is this the lowest they've ever been after a win? I don't know. I mean, that, that I can remember one of the first shows I ever did with you uh, in twenty. Well, I didn't really do it with you. I did it with Matt, but you were in the room. Mm-hmm. Back in 2013 was after that Bowling Green game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that one kind of felt a little bit the same way. I agree. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good game to point out for sure. Uh, one more from Justin. With games against Vandy, Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee, and LSU left on the schedule, seems pretty likely Dan Mullen will have the Gators back in the SEC championship game. Are either of you surprised it happened this early? No. Mullen's a good coach. And honestly, I mean... More surprised he finally won a big game. There's that, but this is sort of like the end of the McIlwain recruits. This should have, This should be the best team that he has for the time being because he isn't recruiting as well as he would like to. So, no, I'm not overly surprised. I'm more surprised that, that he was able to beat Georgia, though. I knew he, When people ask me about Mullen, I always said, look, he'll be really good there. He'll win 9, 10, maybe even 11 games every year there. But I don't know that he'll ever get past Georgia. So yeah. getting past Georgia is a big deal. And I think I think it's it's pretty clear that I mean, Florida's just a better team than Georgia this year. This That wasn't a fluke by any stretch of the imagination. Now, will he be able to keep continue it? That mm-hmm. I doubt. Yeah, because George is just recruiting at a much higher level than him. Yeah, we'll see what Mullen's ultimate ceiling is. But to me, when I think of Dan Mullen, I just think of a coach whose floor is very—it's pretty high. Yeah. Like he's never gonna. Dan Mullen is never gonna stink. I don't think. I, I think he is. You can question his recruiting and all that, but I think as far as coaching wise, he, he's pretty solid. Oh yeah, no question about that. I mean, the guy's maybe the best play caller in college football. You know, you, you want somebody to devise you an offensive game plan? You could. Dan Mullen should be one of the top yeah. choices. The, the only criticism to that is usually in big games he's kind of tight. Yeah, he's kind of conservative. Wasn't so much this past week. Right. All right, the Mississippi State baseball fan signing day is Wednesday. Thoughts on that, man? Baseball recruiting is the thing I know <laughs> the absolute uh, least about. Um, just looking at the, the the class here on Perfect Game. I mean, it looks like a pretty typical Mississippi State class. You got a bunch of uh, of interesting prospects, including you know Sawyer Robertson, which is sort of you know funny. Um, and but the one thing I, 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 from what I can tell, I don't know, I just don't know enough about these guys to know who are the uh, the big time draft you know worries. You know, I look at this kid James Wood, who uh, apparently is the the top prospect in the uh, in the class. Um, I mean, six foot six, two hundred and thirty pound outfielder. I mean, just looking at him makes me think that kid's got to be an MLB prospect. So, and another thing to remember too is it's not going to be to the degree that you had this past year, but it's right. going to be a shortened draft again. Right, right. 
So, I mean, I don't know if any of those guys are the same. You know, there, I don't know if there's an Austin Hendrick in that group. You know, that's a guy you know. You know, when you sign him, he's not coming. But you know, it's the same thing with Mississippi State every year. They'll, they'll play the waiting game and see how it all works out. Don't know what I just baseball recruiting because something like twenty four seven doesn't cover it. I don't have a great grab, gra- great grasp on it. The way I do, the way I feel like I do with football, and to a lesser degree, base basketball. Yeah, and it's so. even trickier this year. Yeah, because high school, most of them, you know, I guess maybe all of them got half their season canned. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, Jackson Waddell, knowing what you know now, how much money would have you given Mullen in 2017 to stay, or was it unavoidable that Dan would leave? It was unavoidable. It was unavoidable. But yeah. that said, I, and I've said it before, I would have made him some sort of Godfather offer and made it public that people knew what was happening. I would have said, you know, on Monday of the Egg Bowl, Coach, we wanted to thank you for your great success here. We know we can only offer you a four-year deal, but we're going to offer you a four-year, $7.5 million a year deal. Some some huge raise. I wonder what the total would have been. I mean, because, look, he was wanting out. He wanted out. And he was going to go. But for everybody, to quote the great philosopher, million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, everybody's got a price. I wonder what the price would have been. Because there, there would have been a point where he would have said, all right, I'll stay. I don't know what that point would have been. It may have been, know, it may have been was, unrealistic. Because I, I don't know. I think with Mullen, it was more about he wanted to try to win a national championship. And he didn't feel like he could do it here. Yeah. So, uh, The Allegheny Boys Tennis Program. By year three of the Mike Leach era, are we at least 7, 5, 8, and 4 and going to a decent bowl? I think so. I believe so. I would guess so, yes. Yes, because I mean, I I maintain that the best indicator of the future is the past, and Mike Leach has always figured it out. Yeah. So I I really think that he will figure it out here. I don't care how ugly it looks right now. Yeah. Little breaking news: Auburn has had to pause their workouts as well. So it's all over the place. Yeah. Uh, another one from Allegheny Boys Tennis: Which team is more disappointing this year or two thousand one? Two thousand one is the answer yep. to me here because the team was ranked preseason. You had a really high expectations for you know somebody. There's I know someone who had much higher expectations than anybody else. We all know who and love him, but yeah, everybody thought that team was going to be really really good. Whereas this year, everybody was talking about like four and six, five and five, playing an all conference schedule. Two thousand one was much worse. Yep, yep. And, and if you remember, I mean, had Joe been back this year mm-hmm. and it had been a normal year, mm-hmm. what would have been your predict? If Joe Moorhead was still the coach and COVID hadn't happened, mm-hmm. so you're playing the twelve games that were originally scheduled. Were you incredibly high on the the chances for this year's team? No, I would have thought six and six would have been doing pretty good. Yeah, to be honest with you, I would have thought you know they could beat three of the four. I, I would have, North Carolina State would have been an issue. Um, you know, it would have been a toss up. Uh, I would have thought they could have beaten Missouri because you know at the time that's just, I just would have thought I would have still thought they could have beaten Ole Miss. So that's five, and then Arkansas. Uh, that's why I thought I probably would have said six and six, maybe seven and five if they could have beaten North Carolina State. That's where I would have had them. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Matthew Anthony, do you feel the triple option would have worked better this year compared to how the air raid has looked? Well, so, we talked about that a little bit a day or two ago. Yeah. And it depends on, I mean, if Garrett Schrader's still here, Kylan Hill's still going, a triple option offense might would have been something to see. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Schrader could have run that, but. I mean, look, right now it couldn't be any worse than what you true. got. That's true. Uh, he also wants to know what is the ideal Thanksgiving spread? Does Matthew Anthony? What is what is the ideal Coleman Thanksgiving spread? 
Got to have the turkey. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm good with turkey multiple ways. You want to fry it? Great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you yeah, want to no smoke it? That's whatever. I got to have the turkey. I'm not opposed to having some ham there, too. I like having a second meat. At uh, least one other meat. Got to have some mac and cheese. Yes. I'm a, I like green beans, so yeah. you throw me some good there green There needs to be beans. a green vegetable. Yes. Beans, peas, Brussels sprouts, something. And I like something sweet potato-y. Okay. So, so you don't want mashed potatoes. You, you want can, sweet potatoes. I'm not going to complain if it is mashed potatoes, but... And, and this has changed for me as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. used to would have, have always been mashed potatoes. Okay. But I don't know. I've just developed a really... I'll be honest with you. I guess it started about four years ago whenever Cal came in and, and he started eating a lot of sweet potato stuff. And so when we just started incorporating a lot of more sweet potato. And I just really like sweet potato. Okay. So, okay. Uh, so, yeah. And if you want to throw in like some kind of good good dinner roll of some kind, that's great too. Yeah, you need, you need a bread for sure. <laughs> I don't... I'm not real picky with that. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't need much. Give me, give me turkey, maybe some ham. Green beans, mac and cheese, and then if you want to go mashed potatoes, that's fine. I would prefer something sweet potato-y. I'm trying to see if there's anything that, you know, what about cranberry? Yeah, I'm good with cranberry sauce, and I've actually, I'm, I'm more towards like the canned cranberry sauce. Oh, I know not some people, the, yeah. Not, not the chunky stuff. Yeah, yeah, they want it nice and smooth. Canned, yeah. So, and then my wife would, well, with dressing. Oh, yeah, dressing. I mean, here's the thing with dressing. This may be sacrilegious. I can take it or leave it. If it's there, I'm, I'm gonna, not big on dressing. I'm going to eat it. Yeah. If it's there. Yeah. But if it's not there, I don't much care. And then I, I'll take this part because I agree with a lot of your choices there. Uh, but I'll take this part for dessert. You need to have something that's sort of fall related. Something pumpkin spice. My wife does pumpkin cream cheese uh, cupcakes. Always good. Then you need to have something. You need to have two kinds of pie. One that is made with fruit. And one that is made with like chocolate or some sort of cream pie. So I want a chocolate cream pie. And then I would prefer cherry. A lot of people like apple. You know, I'm not big on pumpkin pie. Yeah, I'm not either. What I would prefer if I was going to eat a pie Mm -hmm. is a pecan pie. I like pecan pie. Katie is like very allergic to pecans. Oh, that's no good then. But I don't eat dessert anyway, so nobody has to worry about that. Okay. (laughs) I won't ever bring you a pecan pie. Well, that's not good. What just happened there? All right. uh, Let's see here. Another one from Jackson Waddell. If the air raid doesn't work out, do you think it'll be much easier to transition back to a balanced or run first offense? You're not going to have a choice because the next coach isn't going to come in and try to keep doing the same thing. So, I have thought about that, though. When the day comes that Mike Leach is gone, whether it's in two years or whether it's in mm-hmm. ten years, how big of a transition is that going to be? Well, it depends. If he's been successful, you'll try to find a coach who continues that along with that. Yeah. But if he hasn't been, then it's going to be tough because you're going to have to switch back. Yeah. The good news is most quarterbacks these days can run. You know, if you you just got to find somebody who can run a little bit. You know, it doesn't have to be. You don't have to have Dak or Nick back there. And then you can start recruiting those guys. But year one or year two, if you have a Tyler Russell type, you can be okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Eli Sykes, if Jerry Jones doesn't pay Dak, what team would you like to see him go to? Well, hmm. I know what team you would like to see what him go to. What team would I like to see him go to? And that's his next question. How awesome would it be if Breeze retires and he goes to New Orleans? I think Breeze is retiring at the end of this year, and Dak has another option year. The Cowboys are going to get that out of him, I think. So it's probably not going to happen. I, I don't know. I, I know Dak would like to stay in Dallas. At least that's what I think. So you know, we'll, we'll keep him happy. You're more in tune with NFL contract stuff than I. Can you only be franchised twice? Yes, after that it's over. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see here. Um, ben Otten. Since state, uh, since State's defense is one of the best in the SEC this year, why doesn't Leach have Arnett running a drop eight rush three in practice? I'm sure that's what I'm sure that's what the scout team is doing. Yeah, but that's the problem. Probably we talked about that the other day too. Is mm-hmm. it's probably the scout team running it, and I'm sure you can. I'm sure running your offense against the scout team, drop you know eight rush three is a little simpler than doing it against like Alabama. Yeah. It sure, certainly is. Jay Mann, is John Cohen's future at AD now completely tied to Mike Leach's success? It was tied to him before the season started. You, you can't get two bad football hires in a row. No no athletic director can survive, survive that. It doesn't matter who they are. Does it matter what else no. is going on no. around the athletic department? If McCray and Lamonis are super successful, it doesn't matter. You can't. Because I think, like, you can't survive it seems like, two bad football coaches. It seems like, and look, no the two of them haven't invited me to some gathering where I've seen this, but it seems like Keenum and Cohen have a fantastic relationship. They do. They do. But at the end of the day... And, and I just wonder if that if that gives Cohen... If, if something goes south with Leach, if that helps Cohen. It does cause. help, but at the end of the day, the people who pay the bills, the boosters, if, if Leach falls on his face... Are, just ask yourself this: if, if if Moorhead failed and then Leach fails, you're going to let the same guy pick another guy? You can't. You just can't do that. You got You got It's a business. You have to treat it like a business, and you have to you have to move on at that point. That's how I would look at it. I don't know, man. That's tough. I guess you know when you get into it what it's it tough is. It's because you're it, of personal relationships. But again, this is business. It, it is, and I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just. And I know why, because all the money is in football. I mean, you see why you see why this pandemic thing kind of made stuff crazy. I mean, they had to play football, basically. And I just – it's so weird to look at it from a standpoint of you can have the perfect athletic department. Mm-hmm. And, and States is pretty solid across the board. Um, but if football isn't kicking, mm-hmm. that can – Right. Cost you, whereas if football's kicking everything else is and nobody cares. Nobody cares. Look look at Alabama. Greg Burns stayed working forever as long as the football team keeps clicking. Nobody cares about anything else. So uh John Jeffrey Nelson wants to know what is our the best restaurant you have been to in an opposing SEC town? That barbecue place in Fayetteville always comes to mind. That was a good place. That to was eat. very good. Wright's barbecue was really good. I always go back to the Chimes down in Baton Rouge. That's my favorite place. But I also like Paul Rains down there. Um, I've, I've ever been anywhere like I've had, Auburn. I haven't really been anywhere great. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, for me, I mean Baton Rouge is the choice, and I would I would I would go with the Chimes. I love that place. Yeah, um, I'll stick with Wright's Barbecue. Okay, favorite slash least favorite animated movies that you've had to watch with your kids. Oh, favorite. I really liked Frozen. I thought it was a good movie. Yeah, I like Frozen. I'd probably go... I probably like Toy Story a little more. They love Toy Story. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I do like Frozen. Uh, Least favorite? I don't know. They've kind of done pretty good. I have watched some terrible ones. Yeah. (laughs) So, my number one, and I... I can't stress enough how much you should just find a moment of this. Don't let your kids see it because they might want to watch it. It was called Africa's Most Wanted, and it's about a dog that gets lost in Africa, but he's used to living in like Beverly Hills, 
and he's not used to, and like the dog is running around on two feet all the time the 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 computer animation looks like someone who would have one of those graphic design is my passion kind of memes going there <laughs> it, it it's just one of the worst things you'll ever see and don't don't ever watch it but i would find a clip of it on youtube and watch so you can see what i had to suffer through at one time i don't know that they, that my kids have watched any movie that i couldn't sit through again really cuz I, I mean they watched I didn't like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but I think that's because I saw it 25,000 times. They, they didn't... Obviously, I hadn't done that. But, but my kids have done like Toy Story, Aladdin, uh, Lion King, both of those, which I watched numerous times. But I mean, they like the live action ones too. Um, all the Toy Stories, Frozen. Uh, they haven't done any that just make me want to rip my eyeballs out or anything. Okay. Lucky you. Moana. I've never seen Moana. My kids sort of miss that. Uh, Evan Bishop, what are your thoughts on what seems to be a punter rotation? I don't think it's a rotation. It wasn't last week. I think Reed Bowman's won the job. So, uh, and then he also, do you use the cranberry sauce or just gravy like a reasonable person? I am, as you might guess, a fan of the gravy. See, I'm a cranberry sauce. No gravy? I'm not big on gravy. Uh. Like, I don't want wet stuff on my, yeah. On your turkey? Incredibly wet. That's what, that's what makes turkey good is Uh. gravy. See, I, I turkey is a very bland meat. It needs the gravy. I I could rather not have it. See, your problem is you're making the gravy out of the packet over there, aren't you? Well, I'm not making the gravy anyway. I'm just saying somebody at your house no. is making the gravy out of the packet. My, you think my look? I can't cook, but I don't mean my family can't cook. I'm saying you're <laughs> making the real gravy from the drippings and all. Yes, that? but I'm, I've never been a big gravy person. Mm, okay, no mashed potatoes and gravy. I mean, I'm not a big gravy on any. I'm not a big biscuits and gravy kind of dude. This is un- unbelievable. All right. Well, you learn something new about somebody every day. Now you can trust them less. I'm not a good, I'm not a mashed, I mean, I will eat it, but I'm not a mashed potatoes and gravy kind of guy. I'm like, I'm the, leave the gravy off. My, my oldest is like that. Uh, let's see here. Patton Paris, what would you consider improvement in these last four games? Just to look normal. Well, I mean, you don't have to do much to get improvement. Right. Because when you're only getting, when you're getting less than 250 yards again, actually less than 217 the last three games, you just got to show a pulse. Yeah. So improvement to me is just you go into the offseason thinking, okay, this has this is on an upward trajectory. Whatever that is. I, I don't know what the statistical numbers need to be. But eyeball test, does it look better? Yeah. And that's, that's, to me, as simple as it gets. You just need to feel like it's starting to look better than it did the last four games. Like, I don't think, you know, Georgia aside, right? Because Georgia is, is Georgia. But if you play Ole Miss, and I, I don't think State's going to win right this second. I wouldn't favor State. But if you lose 35... Uh, you know, 28, and he had 350 yards offense against that terrible defense, right? I, I don't think anybody's going to be overly upset by that. So just, yeah, it's just just about looking sort of normal. That's how I would put it. Uh, Mike Tyson's Punch-Out or Legend of Zelda? We're still on Patton Paris's. Who I loved them both. Yeah. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out is the correct answer for me. I never even finished Legend of Zelda, the first one. I did. Uh, I actually didn't finish it, though, until... 
just a few years ago, you remember when they released yeah, yeah. the little the little regular, ones, yeah, yeah. The, and, and I finally I was like, I'm I'm beating the Legend, and I did. Well, yeah. uh, but I played it a ton as a kid too. I think I'd go Legend of Zelda if I had to pick just one, but I like both. Okay, uh, and then last one: ringside seats to WrestleMania, and you're able to pick every single match, or an all expense paid weekend pre pandemic to your favorite vacation spot. Um, all expense paid trip to favorite vacation spot. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's okay. a last longer, more yeah. for your buck. Yeah. Plus, other people could enjoy it, right? Other people could enjoy it. My wife would not give a crap about going to WrestleMania. Yeah, and, and those kind of things, while they're cool in the moment, they last three or four hours and they're done. Yeah. And yeah. it's just over. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely take the vacation. Uh, Bright. Uh, let's see here. Do you think a genuine connection between a coach and the fan base is equally as important as wins and losses? For example, when Mullen got here and immediately went after Ole Miss, calling them the school up north. Often before kickoff early in Mullen's tenure, he would get on the PA system and charge the fan base by begging us to be loud for four quarters and create an unbelievable atmosphere. That made us all feel like we were part of what was taking place. Did Moorhead and what the small sample size leech as well fail to get the fan base behind them early? I think Moorhead actually got the fan base behind him early. Yeah. They came in here talking about championships and everything else. Everybody was like, okay, this is the guy. And then it just didn't, the results didn't bear that out. And everybody turned on him. Leach, on the other hand, that, that's what Leach is. He's not ever going to come in here and be rah rah guy by any stretch of the imagination, right? Yeah. That may be where they're. We've talked about this a lot the last few weeks, but the whole we're not fans family thing. We're family. Mm hmm. State has had some coaches in the in the recent past that have kind of embraced that a little bit. Vic Schaefer. Yeah. Joe did, I think, to an extent. It just the results and the the way it kinda he just lost so much favor early by losing that Kentucky game and then he lost to Mullen and then wasn't too much longer before the wheels were just off. But I think from a personality standpoint he kinda fit it. Uh, you you hear Ben Howland all the time talking about you know the fans—they created such a good atmosphere. Yeah. Kind of, you just hear that connection. By the kind way, of thing. he's lying to you. Well, he said the fans do. The fans that are there are trying, but he, you know he's out there just—he's basically being Mister Nice Guy. Mister Nice Guy. Ben Howland was trolling me yesterday. That's true. If you get a chance to go back and watch Ben Howland's press conference, him trolling Joel about the Dodgers beating the Braves because Ben's a Dodgers fan. So. Yeah. It was kind of funny. No, no it was what not I'm funny. saying is like, but anyway, where anyway was... Ben is like, I want to thank our fans. And in reality, what he should be saying is, our fans suck. Like, you don't come out here, you don't support this team. It's amazing I can recruit anybody to come play in front of two thousand people. Okay, well, he doesn't say that because he knows that's uh, not know. a good thing that's to say. He's Mister Nice Guy. Um, but Mike Leach, I really think truth serum. He doesn't care if you show up or you don't. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, he would prefer you show up, but he is such a his own dude, you know. It's not really... He doesn't really seem like much the family kind of... It's not fans, it's family kind of guy. He kind of seems like I'm the sheriff and I'm going to do it my way and if you like it, fine. If you don't... Well, he pretty much said it. Go get you another team. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of a weird personality mesh with some of the other coaches that have been around. Uh, let's see here. Our next question is from Uncle Ruckus. Literally the worst person alive. Many of you, me... As the Don of pizza. I don't know about that. But Do you have a home recipe? I don't. I, I don't make homemade pizza. I've been thinking about trying to get into that, like grilling it, but I haven't. Um, if not, what was the perfect pizza you used to make? And do toppings go on before or after the cheese? 
So at Papa John's back in the day, toppings went on under the cheese. But I am a toppings on top of the cheese. I prefer that. Because um, they get a little crispy. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect pe- I mean, I don't know. They were all good. Didn't you have some kind of like special concoction that you made up? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But no human being should eat that. It's, it's, it's not good for you. <laughs> it's, it's very bad. It's a lot of meat, a lot of cheese, a lot of garlic butter. <laughs> Probably too much. So. <laughs> all right. This question from Chris Naren is the perfect encapsulation of this season. Are you ready? Yeah. Have there been any changes to MSU's strength and conditioning program? They seem phys- physically weaker than this season. Oh, my God, really? All we heard about Moorhead like, it was so weak, and then they bring in Tyson. Remember those videos that were coming out, like, every week of midnight maneuvers? Like, we were seeing, oh, this team was getting tough. Nope, now they're physically well, e- even weaker. Even the LSU game, yeah, there was some talk after the LSU game of how they looked like they, they were still just as energetic and things in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. And now they seem physically weaker. Oh, my gosh. Yes, there were changes to answer your question. Lake and Waddle. Joel, what starting pitcher should the Atlanta Braves go after this season? I wish they'd get Trevor Bauer. He's going to cost too much, I imagine. So I'll go realistic here. Mm-hmm. Charlie Morton. Charlie Morton came up in the Brave system. He's now a uh, – I mean, he's 36 years old. You probably get him on a one-year deal, which is what Anthopolis likes doing. Um. I think he has. I read yesterday he has eight to ten teams interested, though. So it's he, he may end up getting. He, he may end up being a little too costly. We'll see. But yeah. I, Charlie Morton is a guy I could see. Um, the Braves getting if 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 he will come and he wants to stay on the East Coast. I think he lives on the East Coast kind of deal. I think he lives in Florida actually. So the Rays may have a good shot of re-signing him. But anyway, yeah, I'll go realistic and say the Braves will get Charlie Morton. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Our next question comes to us from Will Burford. I saw some improvement from MSU on Saturday, particularly in red zone efficiency. What are some other positives you saw from Saturday? Well, I think you just listened to them, Will. Yeah. I mean, defense forcing turnovers. I mean, you can't really game plan for that, but they were they took advantage of those opportunities. Um, Will not having turnovers. Yeah, and Will Rogers not having turnovers. That's probably the other one there. Uh, let's see here. Cameron Payton. Hey, guys. There's been a lot of talk over recent weeks about our wide receiver, quarterback, and all-line struggles, but very little talk about our highly touted freshman running backs averaging just three and a half yards a carry and four yards a catch. Should we be concerned here, too? I don't think so. I think that's just where the system has them right now. I think that those guys got into the open space. They could do a lot of good things, but they're just not being offered that capability to do that. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And some of of their gains that they've gotten have come on that pitch play, which is kind of a run play, but it goes down on the record books as a pass play. Yeah. yeah. So it's there's that too. Um, Tyler Covington, is Mike Leach the most overpaid coach in college football? How many more games does it take for him to accept his system as is isn't working? Well, it's going to take all of the games because he's never going to change it. Um, is he the most overpaid coach? No. Not even close. No. I don't think... Does he make as much as Will Muschamp? No, I don't know. <laughs> Gus Malzahn may be the most overpaid coach in college football. Who is the most overpaid coach? Well, I mean, Malzahn. Muschamp's only making four two, but still, um, Malzahn's going to be up there uh, before this year. And I mean, this year's not over yet. They could fall apart. But I mean, what Jimbo Fisher's getting paid? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just it's just six games, guys. Calm down a little bit. Uh, Cameron Payton, would you eat this? Joel it is a Mountain Dew moon pie. Yeah. I'd give it a shot. Look at that. What do you think? That neon green. I'm now leaning up, so I'm away from the mic, folks. 
What do you think of that? Yeah, I'd give it a try. That Why is not? one of the most unnatural looking things I've ever seen, though. Like, that is all... I bet it's just kind of like a lemony taste. Okay. Lim- so, oh, probably so. Lemon limey. One more from Cameron Payton. Hey, Dad, please help me out with the Papa John's garlic butter mystery. Sometimes it's thick and creamy. Other times it's oily and runny. Sometimes it's garlicky. Sometimes it's bland. It's almost never the same twice. What gives, and it's supposed to be served, at, is it supposed to be served at a certain temperature? So here's the thing with the garlic butter, right? It's supposed to be like butter. It'll right? melt. It, it, it melts, right. So when you order a pizza, they put it under a heat lamp. And the garlic butter's in the box with a hot pizza and the heat lamps on it, and it's melting. So what the key to this is, is get there, either, like, get there within five minutes of ordering your pizza so that you're waiting on it a couple minutes. Now, I don't know if you can still do that these days because I don't know if they'll let you in the building, but whatever. Basically, you want them to be handing you your pizza right out of the oven. If you order it for delivery, it's going to be melted. There's just no way around that. And when it's melted, that's when it's bland. When it's nice and still, you know, sort of room temperature, that's when it's garlicky. So that's the key. The other other thing I would tell you is, like, when you arrive, I I, I would never have said no to this. I don't know about these days, but just switch them out. So, like, hey, can I get another garlic butter? Can I switch these out? Do they cost? Just get an extra. They do cost. They're like 50 cents. But, you know, if you get an extra, you have to do it when you get there. Because, again, it will just go in the box otherwise. Yeah. But, yeah, sitting under that heat lamp, it just melts the butter. That's all it is. So you you would switch it. If you were running the show there, you would allow someone to switch out their garlic butter? Yeah. Right. What are you going to do with the old one? Just put it back in the on the line and use it later? Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. Let somebody else get the melted butter, huh? Well, I mean, it goes back into that, you know, that area where it can cool off a little bit. So, you know, what do I care? Uh, let's see here. You should care for your customers, bro. I do care for them. That's why I let them switch out the garlic butter. Uh, let's see here. Tucker Medlin says, as bad as Bo Pelini's defense is at LSU, I'd still take them over Vanderbilt. They did beat Vanderbilt 41-7. to What happened from then to now that caused this offense to be so bad? Again, we've talked about it, I feel like, ad nauseum, that, uh, you know, it's not, it's beyond just people have changed up the defense. It's, it's something else is happening here. Because this team should not be as bad as it is. If State played LSU today, that's a, I know this is the toughest question. I think I, I think, think LSU State loses. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Because LSU would play differently. You would think. They would, you would think they would anyway. Kevin Wright wants to know who was your first sports hero? David Justice. That's a good one. Um, Dale Murphy, probably mine. Um, rank the following: Bob's, Ross, Hope, Dylan, Saget. Carskadden. Well, Bob Saget is last. Right? <laughs> How can anyone who raped and killed a girl in 1990 be on this list? I can't even believe that. So let's rank the other ones. Bob Ross is number one. You with me? Oh yeah, big Bob Ross fan. I'm gonna go Bob Hope second. I'm go. Cool. I'm cool with that. Bob Carskadden third, and then Bob Dylan fourth. I'm really surprised you put Bobby C that low, but. I mean, come on, behind Bob Ross and Bob Hope? Yeah, but Bobby C. is your boy. I mean, I, I, well, the problem is I don't know any famous Joels. So, like, Osteen is, like, the only one that comes to You're mind. You're ahead of him. <laughs> Way ahead. You're ahead of Haley Joel Osment. I'll put you ahead of him. Um, I'm trying to Billy think. Joel. Billy Joel, you might be behind. Let's see. Let's look at some famous Joels. Last name, so it doesn't count. It doesn't count, though. All right. Um, famous Joels. 
We've got Joel McHale, who is the guy from, uh, I think he's on Community. You know what I'm talking about? I, I know the name, but no, I, I couldn't pick, put a face with name. Our internet seems to have stopped working. That's not good. We may have to come back to this. Let's let's see here. Technical difficulties. Yeah, we're having them. Okay. They only list four famous Joels. Well, hey, I got a shot. Is, is there, there's got to be more than this. All right, here we go. Joel McHale. Joel Cohen. Is he one of the Cohen brothers? I, I guess so, yeah. If John ever adopted me. I could. <laughs> Joel Schumacher, who is a great director. He did The Lost Boys. I'm, I've still got you ahead of him. Um, there's Joel Osteen. Nope. Joel Silver. Joel Silver did produce the Lethal Weapon movies. Oh, he might, he's ahead. He might be ahead of you. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Prisbilla used to play for the, uh, I think he played for the Timberwolves. Um, yeah, not a lot of Joels. You, you might be pretty high on the list of famous Joels. There's the prophet Joel. Wasn't he a prophet? There's mm-hmm. the book of Joel. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right. You're pretty high up there. Good job. There's actually a famous Joel Coleman, right? Uh, yeah, he was. he's like a soccer dude. Let's see here. Although, if you if you if I search on my my uh, thing, Joel, your Twitter is what comes up first. Yes, Joel Coleman, a former English footballer who played as goalkeeper for Fleetwood Town. He still plays for them now. Has he ever played in the Prem? Yeah, he played for Huddersfield Town for a few years. Okay. Well, there we go. Bobby Bob, Bob is still third. Hopefully, everyone listening, I'm your favorite, Joel. Who, right. who doesn't? I, what did Michael Scott say? I want to be loved or whatever. I want to be. I want to be. I want to be feared and loved. I want people to be afraid of how much they love me. Yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at. Uh, last one from Kevin. <laughs> uh, have you ever cried after an MSU win or loss? We've discussed the win for me, the 2014 Auburn yeah, game. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Did I ever cry after a win? I don't think so. Though, if there was going to be one, it would have been 2014, mm-hmm. the Auburn game. After lost, yes, and actually, it was 2013 in the College World Series. Yeah. I was so connected to that team, man. Like, just every game, sitting in those box seats at Duty Noble, and it went to literally every game, rain, shine, sleet, snow. Yeah. That was pre-Joel having kids, Joel, pre-beat days, Joel. Uh, was at every game. Went to a lot of road games. I was so just invested in that group. And yeah. Ross Mitchell chugging Mountain Dew, and yeah. yet – Get Graveman and Wes Ray and just ah oh man when they lost it just hurt it hurt and then everybody in Omaha being in the stands and even after they lost I mean US UCLA's out there celebrating and yet the maroon white chance going to show one last show of support for those I don't know it was just kind of a it was a bummer but yet that was the first team in Mississippi State to ever play for a national title so yeah it was a bummer but it was kind of a thank you guys moment too yeah. I don't think I have a crying moment. I definitely have some incredible anger moments, though, for sure. Uh, let's see. Rob Hadaway. Last Wednesday, I took my six-year-old daughter to a Mexican restaurant as a reward for making 100 on a math test. I ordered her a kid's meal with a taco. I did not make any further specification. It arrived in a hard shell. Well, you ordered it for a kid. That's right. Kids tacos are hard shell. That's why I, you know, same, you know, that's what I'm talking about. Rank these following chips. These are from Rob Hadaway. Lay's, Ruffles, Fritos, Nacho Cheese Doritos, Normal Cheetos. So Crunchy Cheetos. Rank them. I think I'd go Ruffles one. I'm a big Ruffles guy. Okay. Like, if you line those up, yeah. and I've got a sandwich, and they're like, pick one. Want a bag of chips? Yeah. 
I, out of that that you just named me, I'm probably going Ruffles. Okay. One. Okay. I'm okay with plain potato chips. That's fine. Okay. Uh, and so I'd probably go Lay's too. Okay. I'd probably Crunchy Cheetos three. Doritos four. Okay. And like Frito, when I think of Fritos and things, I think of you got to have, have a dip, dip or something. Yeah, with I would. It. I would. So want I'm putting all that towards the back. Okay. So I'm going to go Doritos, Cheetos, Lay's. Fritos, Ruffles. I'm not big on Ruffles. You're not big on Ruffles? No. I'm just not. Ruffles. I'm not a big potato chip guy, but I like plain Lay's better than I like uh, Ruffles. Ruffles have riches. They do. They do. Rob Hadaway, what is the greatest traditional Survivor Series match of all time? What does it say about the Survivor Series that nothing just comes to my mind? Nothing. Nothing. Like, I'll tell you what it may be. The and Undertaker's it, and debut. The Undertaker's debut. It's the most and I, I historic can't, one. I can't tell you much about the match itself. I have no idea who even won the match. Um... It was Team Dusty I'm Rhodes sh- versus Team DiBiase, I'm right? sure it had to... Surely it was Undertaker's team, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to look. 1990 Survivor Series. Yeah. I mean, other than that, when you think about the terrible uh, Survivor Series uh, the, with the, uh, the the invasion and like how Team WCW was... I think three quarters of it was... Or f- three of the five were, were WWE guys. I mean, just awful. So, What's the most effective way to cross-promote the Survivor Series and the Masters? I don't know. Have the Undertaker go can, take a swing? Can we have? At, can at we Augusta? have? A, can we have like a, a, a Matt Hardy elite deletion kind of match at a golf course? He's running him over with a golf cart. He's he's hitting him with a golf club. You know. Yes, the million dollar team with the Undertaker did indeed okay, win that go. Survivor there Series match. That's a good question. Uh, that's what my, I, that's my first thought is to have a match at a golf on a golf course. Like you have to you have to like get a pinfall on all eighteen holes. Best out of 18 falls. <laughs> I don't know how to do that, but anyway. Last Saturday, another one from Rob. Last Saturday was, of course, the fifth anniversary of the Enforcer's Fall Wedding. <sighs> I recall something else that day. An unlikely conversion of a fourth and 25? I think one team was Arkansas and the other team was trying to get to Atlanta. Do you remember who? How well, they were trying, I... so they did not get to Atlanta? They did not get. And if I, if Arkansas memory serves... and Texas A&M always play early in the season. And they're the only other team in the West other than somebody else who hasn't been. Gosh, so State's been, Alabama's been. How could we forget? It's Ole Miss. <laughs> Fourth and 25. Ah. But well, don't they have a banner? Eh, not from that year. <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see here. People upset at us because we didn't know that State only played 54 people. Well, you know, maybe if we worked for Mississippi State and were given that information, like some other podcasts were, we could have talked about that. <laughs> uh, Brad Haynes, before the season, Vegas had Ole Miss as something like a 16-point favorite in the Egg Bowl. We all scoffed. How close are we, they at this point that being correct? That we And what did they know that we didn't? I don't know what they know. But that said... I'm going to say Vegas wouldn't have – if Vegas had to redo that yeah. after the LSU game, they would have redone it. Would it. Have, they, would, they would have redone it. But. Right now, Ole Miss is probably, what, like a 10-point favorite in that game? That sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, what is the goat of cereals? Okay, now I have a question. All right. Is this asking for my personal favorite, or is this asking for just in general? Because I think it's different. Because to me, if you like – To you, what is the greatest of all time cereal? Okay. Um, (sighs) 
I'm a big cinnamon toast crunch fan. Okay. That may That's be a it. very reasonable answer. But see, I think like if you went like nationwide or something, it'd be Frosted Flakes yeah, or something like or that. Or Raisin Bran, something like that. Captain Crunch is my answer. I'm a Captain Crunch fan. The American Dream. I don't know if it's actually, I assume it's not him because I know he's passed away. Should, should I do the question in the American Dream voice? Yes. Not to get all political here, <laughs> but if you had to choose between never having Mississippi catfish again or having that egg-sucking dog Michael Cole comment in every state game with the CBS announced crew, which would you choose? <laughs> So uh, we don't have to listen to those games. So I'm going sure. with, I'm definitely, I don't care what Michael Cole's calling the game. Yeah. I'm going to eat catfish, though. I love yeah. catfish. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm going catfish. I need, yeah. can't take that away. I'm going to go with the catfish, if you will. Uh, let's see here. Uh, imagine Dave, Michael Cole calling Mississippi State. Yeah. It is thunderous here at Davis Wade Stadium. <laughs> Be awful. Uh, David Branch. What MSU non-football athlete would you want to see playing quarterback? Eric Sarantola. He just looks like a quarterback. He's out yeah. there like 6'8". <laughs> oh, you're talking about zinging it in there. Yeah, got, got an arm on him. Yeah, I like that. The accuracy. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's kind of been his thing in baseball. You know, if he could just get his control down, he'd be a monster. Just needs the reps. Yeah. All right. If Stephen Augustinelli was a Ben and Jerry's ice cream pint, what name would it be? This is all you. It would be the Godfather. Be like an Italian ice kind of thing happening there. <laughs> or maybe a gelato. You know? Something like that. Uh, let's see here. Eric Kendrick, who has the worst finisher in wrestling history? It's Hogan's leg drop, right? It's up there. I got a hot take. Okay. The people's elbow. That's a good one. That's not even a hot take. Is it not? So, no. Okay. That's a terrible finishing move. See, I just figured because of who it was, it'd be a hot take. But. Do you know, did you know that in Japan, Hogan had a different finisher when he wrestled? What was it? It's called the Axe Bomber. It was like a running clothesline, like a lariat. So there's actually, and I, I encourage, if you're a fan of wrestling, find this. It's on YouTube. There's a match of Hulk Hogan versus the Great Muta. And you will watch it and you're like, I had no idea Hogan could do any of that stuff. He's like doing some wrestling stuff. He does an enziguri in that match. I mean, come on. Who has the best finisher in wrestling? Victoria's Widow's Peak looked devastating. Isn't that basically what Deadeye is now? For Hangman Page? Yeah, I think it is. Okay. Um, the best finisher in wrestling. All right, there are lots of finishers that are like, wow, it looks like he really hurt that dude, right? But for just sheer showmanship and everything, the Macho Man's elbow off the top rope is my answer. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that comes to mind. The stunner's up there for me. Yeah. I mean, just that... But it got Because it, it was one though. of those deals... Like, he would run in the ring and stun, like, eight people. A good finisher to me... I mean, the, the Macho Man's elbow drop falls in this category, but a great finisher to me is one... That you can do to anybody. Yeah. Like, that you don't have to change it up just because you're fighting the big show or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I also like the ones that can come suddenly. So that's why I'm a, yeah. kind of against the top rope Okay, deal. okay. So okay. I think I'd go stunner. Another one, talking about for a stunner, we want to combine the top rope. And the, Ember Moon's finisher is fantastic. That's, yeah. It's, it's really, really good. Um, yeah. 
One Wing Angel, the only one that, uh, to my knowledge, nobody has ever kicked out of the One Wing Angel, which is weird. Like it's going to happen eventually. I wonder when that will be. Uh, let's see here, Traquan Key. Let's see here what he's got. Even though Mar- this is a question we've asked a bunch. Even though Marcus Murphy has had a solid career on defense, how much better do you think he would have been on offense? Would he make an air- an impact in the air raid? I think he'd have been a great receiver. Yeah, it'll be be one of the great. Yeah. What but, ifs? We'll just never know. But I mean, he was such a great offensive player at West Point. You know that the the athleticism is in there to have yeah contributed in some way. Yeah. Uh, is this one of the most surprising seasons you've ever witnessed? If not, where would it rank? <sighs> it's up there. Yeah, I think that uh, the record isn't surprising. The performance of the offense yeah, is, is what's yeah, yeah. surprising. That and, I mean, because again, yeah, you're right, because they're exactly where I had them. Um, the 2016 season, I knew they were going to take a step back, but that team was so bad defensively, it was surprising. Especially because, you know, Mississippi State always been pretty good defensively. And I had a lot of, like, talking to Peter Sermon before the season, I was like, this guy is really sharp. I think he's going to be a head coach someday, which shows you how little I know. So, um, But that's talking about the 2014 season was incredibly surprising from the opposite direction. I had no di- idea they were about to be number one in the nation. So, it's up there, though. Um, okay, let me make sure I get these questions in here, by the way. Because evidently I missed uh, uh, MSU History's question last how week. How dare you? I don't know how I mentioned missed this, but whatever. Um... And then somebody else just mentioned him. So let me. Uh, here we go. <laughs> I want. I want to be sure. Well, I want All you right. to be sure that okay. you're sure. So what he asked: Do you think that the popularity of my Twitter account, almost thirteen thousand followers, I hate to brag, humble brag there, had any role in helping bring back the flying M? If so, what percentage? I think. I think it had some effect. He's kept it in people's minds. Yeah. a little bit. So the, the, the MSU fans that are on social media, you see the flying M all the time when you see that account. Almost, almost everybody follows him. And by that same token, he follows almost everybody. You know how many people he follows on Twitter? Haven't looked. Seventy six hundred. Like, what is his Twitter timeline? It's just it must just never stop. Then he wants me to rank the wants us to rank these specialty uniforms, the black, the gold chrome Egg Bowl from twenty thirteen. The 2018 gray statesman uniforms, the ones that they wore yeah, for the military game. Had the 2019 had... black TK Martin, or the 2020 flying M. I think 2020 flying M is my favorite. I out agree of that, that. Out of that bunch, I agree with that. The I go- think the statesman's my number two. I didn't like those at all. See, I did because the helmet didn't say Mississippi State. It, it was said just a cool looking helmet. It looked though. cool, but it's all right. The black TK Martins are last for me in this because they just didn't look that different than any other black uniform the state's ever worn. Yeah. So then the gold, the gold chrome egg ball has grown on me because of the of, game. Of the, of the game, yeah. If they had lost that game, yeah, that'd been the or worst if they'd gotten thing. blown out, not only would it have not, it had been dead last on this list. It's one of my least favorite. Yeah. Just plain look at it uniforms. Yeah. I just didn't think it looked good. Yeah. But because it's associated with that game now, mm-hmm. it kind of has. It's place in Mississippi State lore a little bit. Right. All right. And now, what is the worst looking specialty uniforms? He says his choices are the 2012 white gray snow bowl uniform, the 2014 white gold egg bowl uniform, the 2016 Patriots uniform, or the 2016 black stars and stripes. It may be because of the result of the game. Mm-hmm. The 2014 egg bowl is. With the gold numbers? 
Yeah. Not a fan? I, 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 again, they won those in 2012, too. And yeah, lost both games. I, I think it's more of I'm associating things more so than just my actual feelings on the jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, impacts my perception of them. The black stars and stripes was, I mean, ridiculous. As I, first off, if you're going to celebrate America, you don't do it with black. And then it just it just didn't work for me. Um, what's the other choices there? The Patriots one. The Patriots one. Or the Snowball. See, I didn't just I terribly didn't hate, hate the, the Snowball. snowball is what we, kinda, what we just talked about. The game is affecting your perception of it. Yeah. So. All right, and then getting back to the questions here, because I'm pretty sure I missed that question again somehow. Oh gosh. Put me all the way back to the, the top. This question is coming from Dalton Lee when I get back to it. Here it is. Uh, now that Kylan Hill has opted out, the Hill Hurdle track, Tracker is over. I am without a job. What is another useless stat I can track from someone on this team who is worthy enough to track? That's the problem. What are we tracking? Like, There's there is nothing the, right the now. The Rogers short completion tracker, like every every completion under eight yards. Well, what do we call that? It needs a better name than that. But no, because that happens all the time. Thing with the a a Kyle and hurdles like yeah. what once or twice a game. So maybe <laughs> maybe it's the play over ten yards that you're tracking. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Brian's microphone, folks, is it's having some blue chew issues right it now. It is definitely needing some help. Need some enhancement. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Scott Tolson. With Tudorgate last year and now COVIDgate this year. I'm not calling it COVIDgate. COVID this year. State has basically been playing with one arm behind its back for two straight seasons being down so many players. Like many fans, I've been hard on the dogs the last couple years. But when I take a step back and look at all the adversity of the last two seasons, is that fair to the coaches and players? Well, what I would say to that is, Joel, tell me if you disagree. Tudorgate is on the players. Those guys made that decision. They didn't. They weren't unfairly picked on there. Yeah, yeah. And then with I mean, COVID, now, now some of state last year. The, the how much do you want to hold on Moorhead for? Very that? little. Yeah. Very little. COVID is something that affects everybody. So, I mean, there has definitely been a lot of adversity. There's no question, but I don't know how much more there's been than anybody else. That's what I'm. I'm saying with COVID. I mean. Vandy was going through the same types of adversity that you were a week ago. So, uh, I don't know. It's tough to say, yeah, but look look at what State didn't have. Well, look, Vandy didn't have some of their guys, too. Mm-hmm. And you should, even without the guys you didn't have, Mississippi State kind of goes along with one of your things that are true. They're not this bad. Yeah. Well, Mississippi State is not... Just seven points better than Vandy, right? But from a talent standpoint, well, let's, let's go to this next question then, because that sort of plays into that. Sheldon Nation says, "I hear people say the air raid won't work against SEC athletes. Am I supposed to believe the 2020 Vandy defense is loaded with future NFL players? Doesn't this support the idea that our issues on offense are personnel related? Yes, yes, and scheme related a little bit too. And not to say that the it's not. That's, I'm not saying the air raid won't work, but what the this is not the air raid. What we're seeing." This is not what he wants to do. So Yeah, I 100% agree. All right. Blaine Whitehead wants to know, on a defense full of surprises, who has impressed you the most? Mine is Aaron Brulee. 
Though I don't think he has Willie Gay's ceiling, he has definitely shown flashes that remind me of number six. Mine's Emmanuel Forbes. Forbes has been really been good. Really good. Really looks like he's going to be a great player going forward. What is your Chinese buffet strategy? Chinese buffet strategy. I, see, I don't do it. I don't have just a ton of things on my plate at a Chinese buffet. Okay. Uh, I really like the, what is it, vegetable lo mein, the, the noodles. Yeah, lo mein, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like some of that. Um, I want a little sweet and sour chicken. A little, you know, the sauce off to, off to the side there. Uh, and, and then probably some, some kind of meat of some, some other kind, too. I, I don't go crazy in a, in a Chinese buffet, and then when I eat that, I'll go back and get the same thing. So the only Chinese buffet I ever eat at is, is China Garden. Like, when I go on the road, I'm not eating Chinese buffet. Yeah. Uh, and when I go to China Garden, I eat one thing. Crispy shrimp. That's it. That's all I want. I get like three plates of crispy shrimp. End of story. So, I'm not really the best guy to ask. Last one from Blaine. If we fast forward to Selection Sunday and I tell you MSU Hoops is in the field of 68, what would you say was causing all that to get there? Like, DJ Stewart blossomed into a superstar? Yeah, and so did somebody else. Somebody like Tolu Smith was indeed like a Lawrence Roberts type impact. That or, or Davon Smith yeah. was a high, high, high impact freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the first thing that would come to mind is DJ became a superstar. Yeah. Uh, Martin Crawford wants to know, I'm aware basketball hasn't divulged seating arrangements, so I'm getting ahead of myself. But getting ahead of all the outfield seating, it must be, he must have meant baseball. Baseball has a divulged seating arrangements. I'm getting ahead of myself. But given that all of the outfield seating requires a ticket, most of which is general admission, because the ticket and the rig spot are separate, how will MSU handle this? I don't know the answer to that, but I, I, I will imagine that, indeed, there will be fewer people in the outfield. They may tell people, like, how many, how many people can they put in a spot at a time? How many tickets do they sell for that? They may cut that in half. Yeah, I don't know. And look, you got to remember, that's what, end of February... That's still three and a half months away. You wonder... I, we'll have to wait and see. But in three and a half months, if this... You know, yesterday there was some good vaccine news that came yeah. out. I mean, if... I don't know if everybody's taking it. I, this isn't a, to argue that. But if we get to February and the virus numbers are way, 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 way down for whatever reason, I mean, may not be need for much adjustment. Yeah, you're, let's hope you're right. What a, what a day that'll be. That'll be great. Uh, we're going to get one of Brooks Lewis's questions because we sort of answered the other two. Uh, who would win in a street fight, in your opinion, Dan Mullen or Kirby Smart? Smart is a former All-SEC safety. Dan would fight dirty, though. Oh, Kirby, oh, Kirby's a Southern guy. That's true. He would kick Mullen's ass. I mean, it would be not even close, I'm telling Kirby Smart. The, the only hope Dan would have is if he could, like, you know, he's the guy that's crawling to get out of the ring and he reaches under and grabs a lead pipe kind of thing. Like, if he could find a foreign object and get the first lick in. I'm seeing him like Triple H with a sledgehammer now. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the equalizer. <laughs> yeah. But, like, just in a pure old lock him in a cage, there's no foreign objects. Yeah. Go at it. I'm, I'm, I'm all. Ah, crazy. well, no rules in a fight. Yeah. Yeah. Sauce on chair. Hit him with it. It's a ladder match, though. It's Dan because he's going to sneak his. He's going to be smarmy and. Did you see Get up that Smart, ladder? by the way, 
Like they showed him like on a play, he he did a vertical leap that might have got him good at the NFL Combine. Like he was a good three and a half, four feet in the air. I need to find it, but it's incredible. I mean, the guy's like forty something, right? Yeah, he's a former All SEC safety. Who's going to win in a fight between Nico Whitley and Dan Mullen? I mean, what are we talking about here? Uh, Tony, Doctor Tony Loper, Loper, best uh, veterinarian in the city of Vicksburg. Uh, how many offensive records will be broken this year? Maybe quite a few. For futility, isn't that yeah. something? Yeah. Well, that's his other question. What, how would your what would your answer have been after LSU? All of them. Yeah. All of them passing related were about to fall. Now, not so much. Um, Gosh, that's something that State at LSU got as much yardage as they've gotten like the last three games yeah. combined. Yeah. That is one of the greatest outliers in the history of college football. That game. Uh, has replay changed our perception of officials? I think it has a little bit because they get the call wrong on the field and then they get the call wrong on replay and it's just like, how dumb are you? And then you also have these the guys who like they're not entirely sure so they just sort of make a guess call and they let replay handle it. So, you know. I've never been a big fan of the officials, but yes, I do think replay has negatively impacted them. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Rank Josh Smith wants us to rank these sporting events in the order we would like to attend them. Okay. World Series. I'm sorry. Super Bowl, Master Sunday, College Football. Nat- let's also let's just for the sake of argument assume that none of our teams are playing in these games. Okay. Because otherwise that, that skews. That it, skews right? it big time. Super Bowl, Master Sunday, College Football National Championship game, World Series game seven, NBA game seven, the Indy 500, the Kentucky Derby. For me, it's still World Series Game 7. Okay. I would like to go to the College Football National Championship. That would be my number two. Then the Super Bowl would be my be number my, two. That would be my number three. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, I would love to go to. That might be my number three. It's such a, a, a tradition, right? Yep. Um, then I'm going to go Masters Sunday. I, I mean, I, I love the Masters. It's fun, but I mean, I, I just you're just walking around. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. but And then... Uh, NBA and World Series, and then Indy 500 is last. I'm just not into racing. Yeah, Indy 500 is last for me. Um, Let's see. So I've got World Series, College Football National Championship, Super Bowl. Um, I think I actually would put like NBA Game 7 next. And then I'd go Kentucky Derby, Masters, and then racing last. Okay. There you go. All right, uh, Rambo Raz, 2006 MSU or this year's team? Who wins? God, what a miserable football game to watch that would be. I think this one. I think. I don't know, man. I just I like this defense this year. Where, where I came from. The 06 team had Dixon as a freshman. Yeah, but they couldn't run the football. And the, yeah, they would win. This year's team would win. It wouldn't be about much. No, no, no. Uh, Kevis Wright wants to know. Uh, which game in the SEC this weekend do we think is the most intriguing? South Carolina Ole Miss is kind of interesting to me. There's something there, but I feel like Ole Miss is going to win that pretty easily. The answer was probably Alabama-LSU, just to see if LSU, how badly they were going to lose. What if Arkansas beats Florida? That seems seems unlikely. Without seems Pittman, unlikely. Too. Seems Pittman's unlikely, on but... Not on sidelines. So I don't know. If Arkansas was to beat Florida this week, I mean... That would be something. Sam Pitt, he may be the coach of the year anyway, but... Yeah. 
He's def. I mean, he clinches it if he and does that. At that point, with Barry Odom as the interim, he clinches the Broyles, right? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, also, Kivas wants to know who among the beat riders would win in a slam dunk contest. I don't think anybody on the beat can dunk. Well, here again, because somebody asked who on the beat was going to be president, and I said Matt Wyatt. Well, if we get, if we're including Matt Wyatt, I bet Matt Wyatt could dunk. We need to ask him if he can dunk. He if he can't, nobody can. Yeah, unless we're counting Brandon Walker. Brandon Walker, I know for a fact, can dunk. Still? Still can dunk, yeah. See, I, I can't even... I mean, he, he's he's in New York now. He doesn't count. Okay, well, he doesn't count. Then we need to find out if, if, Brand, if Matt Wyatt can do it. If we're including alumni of the beat, he wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ethan Freeman, how would this team look if Tyler Russell was the quarterback? The same? What's he going to do? There's nobody blocking for him. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. That's the thing, though. If you believe that, then you you I don't know know that I would say you've been hard on Will the last couple of weeks. But if you believe that, then basically you're saying you don't believe whoever's the quarterback right now would be having issues, right? Right. So it's just tough to read anything into anybody. Yeah. Um, Brent Richardson says you can take any former or current MSU football player and move him to any other football team. What move makes the biggest impact on that player's career? What move makes the biggest impact impact on his new team? So, the two teams that come to mind here are 99 and 14, right? Those are the two closest to being involved in a national championship scenario. So, obviously, you want to take Dak from 14 to 99. Love Mackin and Wyatt, but Dak, Dak is a, from that team makes the difference, right? Who would I take from 99 to 14, though? So I'm trying to think about like the. Does it have to be from 99 to 14? Well, I mean, is there somebody else that that strikes you as that would you could? Anytime add to, we get one of these questions, I think of like Jeff Simmons in his prime. How does he impact things? Like if you have Jeff Simmons in his prime, does State get the stop in 2014 in Bama? Yeah. Or do you want to put Eric Molds on that 2014 team and give, you know, another another weapon to Dak? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Or maybe, you know, I'm trying to think like an offensive lineman, but I don't think one's enough. You know. So yeah. I'm trying to think, like the, putting having Fred Smoot and Robert or Robert Bean and putting be able to put them out there on Amari Cooper. Does that make a difference? I don't know, but definitely Dak going to 99 for me is the is like the biggest answer. And Fred Smoot will tell you the same. Just just and I know that from experience. Um, <coughs> also from Brent Richardson, snow cones at Diddy Noble in February or hot chocolate in, at Davis Wade in early September. So that's the thing. Yeah, I prefer it to be cool for football and warm for baseball. I mean, I would rather eat a snow cone in the cold than drink hot chocolate in the hot, mm-hmm. if that's what he's asking here. Mm-hmm. Because September, Davis Wade's hot. I don't really want hot chocolate. Yeah. But if it's cold at Duty Noble, I'm still okay with eating a snow cone in the cold. Are you really? I mean, over drinking hot chocolate in the hot. Okay. If that's my choices, that's what I'm going with. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My friend Brian McDuff, if you eat chicken and waffles for breakfast, isn't the chicken committed? It is. The chicken it is, is committed. It is absolutely committed at that point. 100%. Um, he says, I hear people say people we aren't talented enough to run the leech offense effectively. Aren't we vastly more talented than Vanderbilt? This is what's been bothering me about people hitting us up about we only had so many players. Vandy only had like 58 players. Shouldn't State's first 50 players be better than Vanderbilt's first 50 players by a large margin? Well, outside of that, offensively for Mississippi State against Vanderbilt, really the majority of the issues were on the offensive line, right? Right. Which had been bad anyway. I'm not convinced that if State had all its guys, 
it looks totally different. Yeah. Than yeah. what you saw. No. Um. I mean, yeah, Stacey's got offensive problems right now. It doesn't mean they're always going to have them. It doesn't mean that they're not going to figure it out. But, I mean, it's not being doom and gloom to uh, be realistic and see that State's not cracking 217 yards in a game in about a month. I mean, you got issues. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's see here. Um, answered that. Stephen Holden, my wife and I will be first-time parents in January as we welcome a baby girl. What else would what would you recommend as must-have items? What are your best pieces of advice? And should I keep her from being an MSU fan? You can't do that. I've, I've figured that out. Like, your kids are just going to do what you do. So don't worry about that one. Um, Plus it teaches them commitment through yeah. the hard times and, and the good times. It teaches them, makes them, gives them character. Yeah. Um, best piece of advice for a girl, I mean, I think I've said it before, you know, just say yes. <laughs> just say yes and, and this, no. this goes for any kid that you ever have girl guy doesn't matter but uh i i'm quickly learning just as best you can despite what you got going on in your life treasure every moment because man you really do never know they, they go through these stages so quick you you never really know when's the last time you're going to do something i was sitting there thinking the other night about how the bedtime routines for us have changed. It seems like every couple of months it changes yeah. how we have to do stuff. And what they really want you to do um, one month might change the next month. And you kind of get to thinking back like, man, I'd kind of like to go back and do that one time. And they just have no interest for it anymore. So just all the little stuff, some of it may even be annoying in the moment, but treasure it because it ain't going to be but another week or two and that's gone and you're on to something else. I agree. All right, that's it for today. Appreciate all of y'all's questions. A lot of good ones in there. Uh, we will definitely do that. Quick programming note that Joel was not aware of until this moment in time. We're not going to do a Friday podcast this week. we got no three Ps to talk about, so we'll just take a day off. Uh, so we'll be back with you tomorrow. Don't know quite what we're going to talk about yet, but we'll figure that out. So until then, for Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.